Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life and episode three of The Conversation, in which uh, Bill Shapiro and myself shoot the breeze, investigate, discuss and converse around all things photography related and based. But who are we? Well, Bill Shapiro served as the editor-in-chief of Life, the legendary photo magazine, and he was the founding editor-in-chief of Life.com. Bill is also a fine art photography curator for New York galleries, a consultant to photographers, and a contributing editor to the Leica Conversations series. He has written about photography for the New York Times magazine, Vanity Fair, The Atlantic, Vogue and Esquire, amongst many others. Every Friday, more or less, he posts about under-the-radar photographers on his Instagram feed, where he's at Bill Shapiro. And who am I? Well, I'm Grant Scott, and after 15 years art directing photography books and magazines such as Elle and Tatler, I began to work as a photographer for a number of advertising and editorial clients in 2000. Alongside my photographic career, I've art directed numerous advertising campaigns, worked as a creative director at Sotheby's, art directed Photo 8 magazine, founded my own photographic gallery, edited Professional Photographer magazine and launched my own title for photographers and filmmakers, Hungry Eye. I am the founder of the United Nations of Photography and now a senior lecturer and subject coordinator for photography at Oxford Brookes University in Oxford. Also a BBC radio contributor and the author of a number of books on photography. Anyway, that's enough about Bill and I. Let's dive into that conversation. So, Bill, um, welcome back to the podcast. The conversation continues. How are you? I'm doing well, Grant. Thank you. I, I I do want to warn you here in New Mexico, we have some high winds. And so while I don't I don't work out of a shed, it may sound like a shed. Well, last week's podcast had the rain crashing through the roof. So uh, so that's perfectly good for me. So, look, in previous episodes, we've kind of um, we've discussed gatekeepers that kind of led us on to talking about uh, art speak in the following uh, episode. And um, it kind of seems to have led us on to maybe one of the biggest subjects out there um, for photographers at the moment, which is photo book, something you're very much involved with. Yeah, you know, um, I get so many requests from photographers, uh, both over email and over Instagram. Um, they have questions and they also are interested in, in consultations, you know, how how to how can I help them put their photo book together or take it to market or whatnot? And um, so that's one reason I agreed with you that this was this was a hot topic, because I think there's a lot of interest out there from photographers. There is. And there is absolutely no way we're just going to fit this into one conversation in one episode. So I, I think it's going to be continuing over the future episodes. But one of the, the place I wanted to start with this um, if I go back to the early 1990s, that was when I first started working with photographers, uh, art directing and designing books. Back at that time, uh, for a photographer to have a book was a big deal. It was kind of an end of career kind of retrospective. If it was um, a, a book around a project, it tended to be funded through academia 
or maybe it came through Magnum, perhaps, or something like that. But the majority of it, it was kind of that thing, wasn't it? You know, the end of the career, you had the book. Now, where we are, it's almost as if every photographer needs to have a book before they've even taken a photograph. Well, what's your take on that? Well, I I agree with you. I mean, you know, there were always photo books coming out that I think launched careers, you know, uh, the Americans for sure. Just the first one that comes to mind, but, but yeah, I think in the nineties, um, it was definitely, that was, that was, that was definitely true. You know, for a while, photographers showed all their work in portfolios and that's kind of faded away. And then everybody put, but everybody put their stuff on websites, except there's no way to actually make sure anybody looks at your website. Um, so obviously people can look on social media on Instagram and, and we've talked about that and we'll talk about that again. But I think that the photo book is starting to become really for many photographers. And I'm, I'm not talking about the super name brand photographers, but sort of the working mid career photographers or early stage photographers. It's becoming a beautiful, glossy, you know, whatever, eight by 10 uh, business card, um, which, which, which they use, you know, um, as a as a billboard and or marquee to announce themselves and their work. I think that's very interesting, you know, because I wonder if that's from an American perspective, because I'm, I'm not sure that a lot of European and UK photographers would see it that way, because. One of the things I often, well, I talk about most of the time is what's the point of having a photo book unless you've identified the audience? And I think what you're saying there is a very clear identification of what the audience is. It's a, the book as marketing tool. And, and, and I'm really looking forward to talking about this because I think what we're seeing is a lot of different purposes for photo books. So, you know, one is can I take this to market in a big way and put it on, on bookshelves and it's a big splash and it's sold in museum shops. But I think there's, I think there's something else, which is, um, you know, can I print up a hundred of these um, on my own? Maybe I use a self publisher, like a blurb or something like that, you know, as a leave behind um, or as a way to, even as a way, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this to explore what my work would look like in book form. Yeah, but, you know, I, maybe at this point we should try and define what's a photo book. It's what starting, I'm starting to think about because, in a sense, um, and I know you've just you've just done a fantastic um, sort of roundup of books um, for Esquire magazine, and I was looking through that, and what I noticed was how much of it was historical and was that kind of coming together by a big publisher. So we we have that photo book. We, we recognise that, but actually – that's kind of a book of photographs. Whereas does a photo book need to have, and again, this is one of my kind of bugbears. I feel that a photo book is a form of visual storytelling and therefore we should have some resemblance of narrative in there, either being provided for a context at the beginning or end of the book or, or just a sense of journey rather than which a lot of the photo books I see, I have to say, seem to me just like a, a bunch of pictures. Well, so I'm not sure like which, what kind of photo books, you know, you're talking about. I, you know, I think the ones I wrote about in in the, uh, for Esquire, you know, last week um, are mostly with some exceptions, big name photographers, you know, high point in their career, working with editors, working with creative directors um, and designers and writers 
to really, and sometimes curators, um, to really make this book say something, not only about the pictures and the photographer, but the time and the place, and maybe even the relevancy uh, compared to today. And that was one of the points I was making and why I chose some of the books I chose in that Esquire piece for slightly older readers, number one, but also because some of the books reflected the turmoil of the sixties, which I sort of see, you know, where our country wasn't speaking to each other, um, our country being meaning America and that's happening obviously today. And so I think some of those books um, have a lot to say about what's going on today. Again, if I if I go back through that history of the photo book, invariably the photographer required a publisher. But of course, now we're also in the world of self-publishing. So what should we talk about first? Should we talk about the big uh, the, the the big sort of coffee table books, the big name books? Should we talk about um, you know, the sort of self-publishing? Because I think it's it's it may be getting a little fuzzy to talk about all these things at once. Well, I, I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I wonder if for the photographer, the big name publishing book actually has any relevance anymore. So maybe that doesn't even have any relevance to our conversation anymore. Because if you approach these publishers, as I have done and as many people I know have done, they just get rejected because the return isn't there. The market isn't there. Um, because I think one of the one of the things I hear from so many people who approach me um, for for help making their books is I'm 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 trying to get this. I'm trying to get this work out there and I can't. And, and even if I had to put some some money up for it, I still can't. How do I how do I get this book published? Um, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to do? Um, is it, is it what I'm turning in? Is it how I'm turning it, submitting it? Or is it, is it the work? Is it me? And, and so I think it might, it might help to talk about what I think are some of the, uh, mistakes or missteps that photographers make when they're approaching a publisher. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I, I just wondered, actually, I said, absolutely. But I'm, I wonder if we go back one step before that, which is what is what's the expectation of the photographer? You know, because that expectation has to be defined. Otherwise, you are going to get rejected if you're approaching the wrong people with the wrong work. Well, right. And that I would count as as part of the mistake. So why don't we start here? Why don't we say, like, the first thing a photographer needs to do is set their expectation. Is their expectation, I want to make a photo book and make a lot of money on this book and have it pay for my next three years of travel around the world? Or is the expectation, as we were saying before, to have some kind of a business card or a calling card? What I have found is that um, these photo books sell between, um, you know, one and 3000 copies, you know, not, not very many. And the financial dynamics for the publishers, especially COVID post COVID post supply chain blow up, it's really tough. Paper's expensive. Printing's expensive. It takes a lot of time. And so I don't think at this moment, most photographers can hope to make a bunch of money in their photo books. No, and, and I would also add to that, I think most photographers are not going to get their work published by a publisher outside of, shall we say, the very niche 
contemporary art practice market where there are some really small publishers and doing some great work. But at the same time, I'm not aware of exactly how any of those guys make money or how these books are funded. And I'm wondering, I think there is a perception among some photographers, as you quite rightly say, that they want to be published by a big name publisher because that comes with a certain amount of kudos. But at the same time, what used to be vanity publishing is no longer vanity publishing. It's now self-publishing. I, I do want to say that, you know, the uh, vanity publishing, self-publishing um, is fantastic for 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 a, a number of uses. But I do want to say that the a huge benefit and there there are many of of, of somehow landing um, a deal with a big publisher is distribution, because unless you have a large social media um, you know, platform, it's it's hard to get a self-published book a ton of exposure and, 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 a, and a ton of, you know, placement. And, and, it, you know, it really is in terms of sales, distribution, 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 marketing, marketing, press marketing. You know, having had a public, a, a book of my work published by Thames and Hudson uh, in particular, and knowing the UK market, one of the things that we really lack here are places to sell books I mean, there just are no bookshops that, that stock a large amount of photography books. You might have small galleries that yep. will have a small bookshop or something like that, but certainly not on the high street. And as far as getting your books featured in magazines or newspapers, it's incredibly difficult. Well, it is. It is difficult at the same time, you know, as someone who writes about um, and reviews photography books, I get press releases every day um, from from publishers like Thames and Hudson, um, from independent um, photo book publicists. So I I have too much from which to choose, but I'm not getting press releases or notice nor notifications from self-published from photographers who self-publish their books. Um, right. So maybe that maybe that's a really good point is actually doing that one of the things is expectation and, and understanding and, and creating a realistic expectation of the project, but also doing your research into finding out, well, who do I need to send information about this? You know, you've got to be a marketeer as well. Haven't you? That's a hundred percent true. Um, you have to be a marketeer. You have to have some kind of connections, even if they are sort of sparse and you have to be dedicated, not just to the pictures and making the book, but to getting it out there. Yeah. But you know, it, it makes me, it's funny, uh, Chris Floyd, a photographer, friend of mine has recently bought a book of his workout. It's filled with um, pop stars and actresses and, and famous people. And it's a really nice book because it's, he's worked with an art director. It's well-designed. There's a small publisher who's put it together. Um, and he's written in the book about the shoots itself. It, it's exactly what you're saying as a kind of a really great marketing tool for Chris. He's very good at connecting with people. He's doing talks in New York and around the country in the UK. He's getting publicity. But actually, a lot of that is their great pictures, but also... They're the kind of pictures of the kind of people that magazines want to put in their magazines. I think when you are thinking about making a book, you need to think about if you care about this, why a, a, a pub, you know, a, a website or a magazine would want to mention that book. So 
if this book is all about, you, you know, beautiful pictures of your kitchen table um, and they are poetic and lovely, it's unlikely that a magazine like Esquire um, would care at all. Um, if you have shots of famous people, even from the back, you know, it, like it's, they're not sexy. It's a, it's a concept book of famous people from the back. That's something they would do because then they could say, oh, you know, here's here's Justin Bieber and here's, you know, Taylor Swift from. The, so if you're thinking about that, you know, that that's called what we call as editors a hook. What's the hook for editors? Um, you know, Grant, I do. I, I, I did speak with Elizabeth Avedon um, and, and I'd like to read a, a, what something she told me now. Elizabeth, uh, of course edited and designed Richard Avedon's In the West book. So she really knows of what she speaks. And she designed the exhibits around the country, tons of awards. And, and you know, she's designed exhibits for the for the Met and Dallas Fine Art Museum, the Corcoran, et cetera. Um, she, she told me when I asked her, you know, what's one of the things that photographers who want to make books don't necessarily think about? And she's almost quoting you here when she says, designing a professional photo book is only the first step, though. I make students aware um, that self-publishing has to become a full-time job for them, which also includes funding, you know, getting funding, uh, which could be Kickstarter or something like that. Printing, promoting, distributing, and selling their books can be very rewarding, but very time-consuming. Um, and, uh, you know, under-promoting, I would have to say social media, social media, social media. I see a huge amount of books out there that I have to say, I look at it and I think, did this book need to exist? So, so let's talk about that. Do you have an, uh, a conceptual example of a book that maybe did not, and you can make it up. It doesn't have to be a real, that, that did not need to exist. I'll base it on a, on the hundreds of books that currently sit in my garage um, that I've been sent and, and, I, and I just look at. It's invariably a, a series of photographs which mean a huge amount to the photographer. They have a cover which is incredibly conceptual. The whole work is conceptual. They don't give any context to the image, but they might give it an, a kind of an esoteric title. Um they may spend a lot of money on, uh, it will always invariably be on a matte stock, an uncoated stock. Um, it'll smell lovely of ink. It would be a beautiful thing. But I just look at it and think, but, but why have you done this? You, you, you don't understand an audience for this. It's wonderful for you, but it becomes incredibly self-indulgent. And I might be sounding like a bit of a grumpy old man here, but you know, I want to see great books. How does a photographer who is steeped in their own work. They love what they do and, and they should love what they do. You know, yes. How do they, like, what, what do you think the key questions are to ask themselves so they don't get in the situation that you just described, which is a, who cares about this? Because as the artist, you know, who's making these photographs, I care about this. How do I give myself a litmus test? Would anybody else out there care about this? I think you've got to, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to work with, and you said it at the beginning about the books you'd chosen for Esquire. They'd worked with editors, art directors, publishers, objective voices who can actually come to the work and actually bring that objectivity to it. I mean, I, I did a, 
art directed a book, well, kind of edited, art directed a book for David Eustace, a Scottish photographer. And it was 25 years of his career. So it took up three photographic studios of prints on the floor. We put all of the footprints on the floor. And then I walked around, I've known him for a long time. And I would say, nope, nope, nope. And I just took stuff out that I didn't think was of value to the book. And he would go, he would grab it off me and go, maybe, maybe. And I was like, no, it's not maybe. It's not going in your book. And fortunately, we we had such a relationship that we do that he he went with me on that. And therefore, that was the work. And I'm doing one at the moment for Daffid Jones, uh, photographer, which I'm, I'm curating and editing that. And I'm sort of saying, okay, well, I think that picture should go opposite that picture. What do you think, Daffid? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, let's, okay, you know. So you've got to work with somebody who comes to the work objectively. And I think that's the problem, is if it becomes too insular, too inward-looking, then it isn't actually for anybody other than the photographer. I feel like I have done some photographers who who approach me and hire me as a consultant, and I say to them, uh, not yet. You know, here, here's, here's your money back. Um, we're not there yet. Because if you think about the 10 websites or magazines, you hope we'll pick this up, Mr. Photographer, Miss Photographer. Tell me why, why, that mag, why that magazine, why that website would care. And if they can't answer that question in a convincing and coherent way, I don't think they have a hook. Doesn't mean it's not beautiful work. And I'm not talking about that. But there's a difference between a beautiful poem that you write for yourself and something that gets, you know, published in the New Yorker or, or, or somewhere. And there's nothing wrong with the former, but if you want the latter, there are some things you really do need to consider and think about. So that raises two really interesting points, doesn't it? One, the true understanding of what is a book and why does this work become that particular artifact? And the second thing, as you quite rightly say, is a collection of beautiful pictures does not necessarily make a book. That's 100% right. And I think photographers need to think about what are the ingredients that go into the the, the, the successful or not successful, but the books that they that they like. Is there an introduction, you know, uh, somebody who brings some insight to it? Are there mm, captions that uh, reveal some data or, you know, some of the content, some information behind the photo? Is there a great design? So it's not just photo, 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 photo. Um, you know, I, I'm working on a book right now um, with a terrific photographer, an unknown photographer. And I, I brought in uh, Richard Baker, who's my old creative director at Life magazine. And, you know, we're making something really special out of this. And I don't think it would have happened without a, a creative director of, of, of Richard's talents. So collaboration is hugely important. Understanding the book is really important. The book as a as a thing, you know, what you know, why does the book exist? But interest, I'm interested to see how did the people or how do the people respond when you say to them, listen, I you know, you're not ready yet. Do they think, oh, yeah, well, I'll go and find someone else who'll do it then if he won't do it? Yeah. Um, so there's a range of responses. Some are like, thank you so much. You've probably saved me $15,000 because I was going down this road and, and God knows how much time uh, and maybe embarrassment. And some are like, 
Hey, thanks so much for your opinion. I'm going, I'm going, you know, straight ahead with this. And honestly, for the ones who have gone straight ahead with it, I haven't seen hide nor hair of those books. Um, so maybe, you know, it's possible that they sort of put up their hands to me and said, Hey, sorry, Jack, I don't, I don't believe you. And then they realized later that maybe, you know, when they weren't in the moment that maybe I was right, or maybe they went ahead and I just didn't see it. You know, I don't, I don't know. Photographers who really listen and who seek out an objective opinion are already ahead of the game. Um, yeah, I agree. What do you think? Well, you said um, there are some other mistakes that you think photographers make, and I rudely dragged you back to uh, before that with that idea of expectation. Well, what are the mistakes you think they make? Well, um, what I would love to do first, if, if it's okay with you, um, I interviewed the editorial director of um, Ghost Books, uh, Katie Clifford, who uh, I thought gave me some really terrific advice. Um, I, I have seen some great books that that Ghost have done has done. M- most recently, one um, by Richard Sherum um, called Campesino Cuba, and so. Um, they, they do some, some very nice work. So, so I asked her, Katie, uh, what are the five biggest mistakes that photographers make when trying to get their books published? And now I'll just, I'll, I'll read some of her quotes, which I think are great. The first big mistake is not doing research, both in terms of what type of books publishers make and how to submit projects to them. We'll get, we'll get to this in a little bit. You know, a lot of people, so a lot of photographers submit book ideas to publishers via Instagram. You know, because it's it's a direct you can just DM them and say, hey, I'm doing this book on on trees. Here's a couple pictures. Are you interested? That is not that is just we'll get to this a little later, but that is just not a professional avenue. The second mistake is approaching us with with a submission by Instagram DM or Instagram DM folder. Our Instagram DM folder, she says, are very busy places. And writing to us here shows you are not serious if you can't be bothered to look up our email address. Again, have some empathy for the people who are um, surveying, reading, and deciding on your pitches. A third mistake is including reams of texts in a book proposal. If the photographer can't summarize their own projects succinctly, it will be very difficult for us to do so. Now, in our in our previous um, conversation um, about art speak and writing. I was very clear, uh, I hope, about how people should be empathetic to the people who are reading their artist statements, what they're submitting to a contest. This is no different. Summarize it succinctly, hit the main points, and leave them some time to digest it. I think also just to pick up on something there also, which ties back to our previous uh, conversation, is that... um, if you don't understand it and if you can't clearly convey to someone else why this book exists, it really shouldn't exist because, once again, you're kind of doing it for yourself. You, you can't just say, but I understand it. You've got to ensure that other people understand it. Right. The next thing uh, Katie Clifford um, from Gossip Book says is, We also get approached with lots of fully designed dummy books. We were founded by a designer and the collaboration between the Goss design team and the photographer is key. So it's better to show us the project in raw form. Now, 
for some publishers, they may love to get um, a designed book. They may they may suggest some tweaks or changes, but for them, that might save them a lot of time and money. But if you've done the research about the place where you're submitting your proposal, you would know that Gossbook is a design-driven publisher. Why would you send them a book that's already designed? Well, exactly. And not only that, it brings me into a, have you Have you got another one from her? Before I, have, I, I have one final one from her. We'll do that before I, I sort of vent my spleen on this. Okay, here we go. So, so this is the uh, pre-spleen venting um, final mistake from Katie Clifford. Finally, it's about what type of book you want to make. There is nothing wrong with self-publishing. Self-publishing is great and thriving. However, if you want to work with a publisher, you need to be willing to listen to them. Take on board advice and try new ideas about presenting the work. You don't need to surrender your project, but you do need to be open to new ways of looking at your work. If you're not open to this, then collaboration isn't possible. I think that's gold. Yeah, I, listen, I agree. With you. And I've, I've been teaching kind of photo book narrative and what have you for the last nine years. And every element that I talk about is in there. But also, one of the things that I think, yeah, it picks up on what we were saying, doesn't it? Collaboration. Are we going back to your spleen right now? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you, we are. Okay, we, good, good. <laughs> the <laughs> photographers are always complaining that, oh, everyone's a photographer now. It's so unfair. You know, there are all these cameras and everybody's taking photographs, but, you know, they're not really photographers. Okay, fine, fair enough. However... Suddenly, we're all publishers as well, because every time we put an image online or whatever, we're a publisher. Well, publishing is an art form. It, you know, you and I both know we've spent our lives working in publishing. It's tough. It comes with rules. It comes with understanding. And a good publisher is a good publisher. So not only that, but a good designer, a good editorial designer is rare and to be cherished and to be worked with an, an editorial designer that understands photography and can actually bring images together is also rare. This isn't about what I call visual knitting, making things look very pretty and tricksy. You know, you want to bring the text and the image together and make a whole out of that, which is stronger because of it. However, because the tools are now available to photographers to design their own books, and to publish their own books, there's this kind of thing, well, yeah, but I can do that. And yet, if you were to suggest the same thing, that here's this publisher, they've taken all these great photographs because that's easy, all hell would break loose. Right. Okay, that's, that's exactly, it. Yeah. It's over. I've, I've got it off my chest. <laughs> well, I, I believe something's right around the corner, but but that was good. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think there's also something else about working with you know, whether you call it a consultant or whether it's an objective friend or somebody in the industry is that not only will that person give you hopefully objective advice, um, tell you what's what's working and what's not. But that person might also have connections and, and, and might look at your book on fishing and go, oh, you know what? I used to work for uh, a magazine that specialized in fishing and they're starting a new book line. Why don't I show it to, to my friend, you know, Herman. And, and so in, in a sense, the more people you can touch professional people, you can touch objective people. You can touch when you're conceptualizing your book. I believe the better off you'll be. I agree with you. I mean, I always say, you know, you might, 
know what I do, but you don't know who I know. That is perfect. That is absolutely perfect. So right. You know, and quite often, um, you know, I'll introduce uh, people, particularly to young photographers or students, and I'll say, yeah, here's this. I did it in the past week. Here is this creative director who works with international brands. And a few of my students went, yeah, but, you know, she only does fashion and interiors. And so uh, I, so that's not what I do. So maybe that's not relevant. I said, yeah, but you don't know who she knows. That's right. You know, you don't yeah. know who she could pass you on to. I had somebody who... Um, approached me to just do a very quick portfolio review. And, and he had sort of two kinds of photographs. One that was like uh, celebrity red carpet. And then the stuff he did on his own, which was sort of of tourists at tourist sites. That stuff I loved. And I said, you know what? Let me just show these to uh, a friend of mine. It happened to be at Esquire and see if maybe there's like a end of summer. Here's what tourists look like now kind of thing. And it worked. And he got an assignment. And, it, and you know, those things just happen. Yeah. So really, I think where, where we're going with this is kind of um, big picture, kind of beginning of the, the thought process of um, the photo book. And really, the amount of effort you need to put in in understanding the publishing environment, the, the kind of the options that are open to you, and also which ones are appropriate to you and your expectation before you you even start to think about it to be to be a book. So what's the first question, Grant, you would ask yourself if you were getting ready to do a book of your of your finest work? Who's going to buy it? I think I think there's a question that might come before that, which is what's it about or or what 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 could the title be? And I'm not asking for specific words necessarily, but if you can't come up with a title for this book, that's, that's something other than, you know, Bill's nice pictures, then you don't have a concept. And if you don't no, have a concept. I would, I would, you're right, Bill, but I would say that those two things are together because I don't think you can come up with a title until you know who's going to buy it. Because you could come up with a title that was completely inappropriate. It, it, you know, if you want this market to buy this book and you come up with the wrong title. Oh, sorry. When you say who's going to buy it, you mean consumers. You don't mean a publisher. No, absolutely not. No. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. My, I, was, I was too um, short in my answer. answer. Okay. Yeah. Who's who's actually gonna gonna buy I, at this stage? For me, I, I wouldn't approach a publisher again. Um, I, I just wouldn't waste the time. What I would be doing is thinking, okay, who's gonna buy it? Um, who's my audience? Therefore. Do I have an audience? How big is that audience? And on the basis of that, I would be thinking about the title, the layout, the size, the costings. Because if my audience is only 500 people, I've got to make sure my costings work for 500 people. So I would really treat it like a business decision. Right. And, and the business decision might be nobody's going to buy this book. I'm only going to use it. Uh, as sort of a leave behind or a calling card. And, and, and therefore I'm going to take a hit of, I don't know how much money, you know, call it $10,000 and it's worth it for me. I'll write it off on my taxes. But even if you do that, you should put yourself through the exercise of saying who would buy this book, who might the audience be? Because if in fact, nobody would ever buy this book of Bill's photographs of Bill's feet, that it doesn't need to exist. 
no, but also I would be really nervous to say ten thousand. I mean, ten thousand dollars to end up with a whole load of boxes in the garage. And we talk about leave behinds and what have you. But as you well know, it's very hard to, to go and get to see anybody nowadays to yes. leave something behind. So, well, so, really so it would be it would be the printing. So that's the other thing that I'm glad you mentioned that. So it's all the it's all the printing costs and the shipping costs. And then if you're not going to have a million meetings, which is impossible these days, then it's you. It's the postage costs yeah. of you sending books to people who then they may or may not open them. The idea of printing um, a thousand books and having half them sit in your garage and having them printed in some other country and, and shipped, you know, and shipped to you. It's, it's, it's not fair to the environment. You know, when I ask for review copies these days, I always get it as a PDF first. I say, don't, they always want to send it to me. I'm like, don't send it to me. Let me see if I like it first. If I like it, I'll ask you for the book so that I can really evaluate the binding and the paper and all that stuff. But my first hit is always digital because I don't I don't want to have the shipping service and the packaging service and the cardboard and the t- I think photographers need to take that into account, especially now. Yeah, I think you do. And you're, you're always very good at talking to people to get some input for these conversations. I actually even did a, a little bit of research on this. And I came up with a thing called the Sustainable Photo Book Publishing Network, which is wow. a group of, group of photographers, publishers, academics, and writers who discuss and share knowledge on issues around environmentally conscious approaches to photo book publishing in printed form. And there's a few questions um, here that I found, which I think, again, are really worth thinking about at the very, very beginning. And I think maybe, you know, in our next conversation, we'll go into more depth on the actual making of, you know, photo books and and so forth. But these are the questions they sort of suggest that you should ask um, before you've even kind of committed to the book. And they are these, uh, how many books are being made? Does the printer have eco certifications? And what do these mean? What chemicals are used in the printing process? Are plant and or water-based inks available? What's the paper made of? Are these materials sustainably sourced? Uh, What is the paper size? Can the book size be optimized to minimize waste? That's something art directors are really good on. Can the paper be de-inked for recycling? If plates are used in the printing process, can they be recycled or reused? Can the use of single-use plastic be minimized or avoided in postage. So that's a huge amount. Maybe, you know, our listeners could find find out a bit more about that. But yeah. I think, you know, maybe as always, you know, it's a, it's a conversation and, and we're not going to come to conclusions, but we started off at the beginning of this kind of where should we go? And I think maybe where we've gone is not very far, but actually what we've, we've only got to that bit of should I do a book? But boy, is there a lot to take into account. Um, you know, I think it might be great if we asked um, our, because, you know, it's, it feels like to me that you and I should do another conversation about the next stage in photo books, if, and, and maybe even one after that. And I wonder if for the next um, conversation, if we should ask um, listeners to, to, to send you some questions that, that maybe we can address spot on and, and help kick off the, uh, uh, the topics that we should cover. I think that's a really great idea. We'll get to kind of interactive with yeah. the conversation. So you, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this and you'd like to either 
um, comment on what we've been talking about because you agree with us, you disagree with us, or if you've got questions for us for future episodes, just um, do that through uh, Twitter at UNOphoto, or you can email us directly through the United Nations of Photography.com website. I'll pick up all of those emails, uh, share them with Bill. And um, we can use those um, in our next conversation. What do you think about that, Bill? I love it. I love it. Great. Well, look, as always, a circuitous route, but I feel as if we came to some kind of an ending place for a starting place for our next conversation. I think that's great. And I I do want to thank um, both Elizabeth Avedon and Katie Clifford um, for their help and, and insight and wisdom. Yeah, it's great. You know, this is an open conversation and uh, all opinions and information are welcome. So thanks to you, Bill, once again, for reaching out uh, to those people. You're making me look as if I'm not. I'm going to have to do more work in the next uh, for the next conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. All right. Well, listen, thanks so much again for joining us. Really enjoyable. And um, we'll pick this up again in the uh, first week of December. Perfect. I love it. Thanks to Bill Shapiro for another informed conversation. I hope you're enjoying these conversations and these special episodes. And don't forget to get in touch. And of course, don't forget to take care. (music) 